I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Right. Fucking thing sucks. In five, four, three. Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast, doing it live all year long. I just said, fuck it. I am your host. The voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita, and back with me to celebrate another Friday live edition of the world's most shadow band podcast is Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell. What's up, man? Oh, nothing too much. Uh, getting ready for a big Super Bowl weekend. Do they do Super Bowl stuff in Mexico? How does that work? Well, most of Mexico, probably not, but because PV is basically Florida now, it's like kind of a big deal. Yeah. And I mean, I have a lot of, um, my aunt and uncle are, are here right now and a bunch of their friends. So they always do, uh, one of their friends puts us a Super Bowl party on at, uh, at their condo there. So, um, I mean, party is kind of a stretch. It's more of a gathering of geriatrics and than me, but there's always, uh, some pretty good food, some good wine and, yeah, watch the game, and then I'll, I'll go from there. Sounds like a lot of fun. We're I don't think we have any. We used to uh, before COVID, we would get together every year with a bunch of friends from church and and have a big Super Bowl party, and we'd all we'd all bring food and and get all the kids together and watch the game and hang out and stuff. And uh, the last couple of years, we haven't done anything. I'm probably gonna cook and make some like wings and rotel and some like finger food stuff and just hang out around here with the kids and and have a good time uh, we I, I would like to i would like to start like hosting a super bowl party and doing that kind of thing again but um since we moved and everything it's been a little bit a little different situation yeah i i can't say i'm i've been following the the nfl that closely the last uh couple of years i've caught a, a few games here and there i used to watch it religiously because there's nothing else to do in chicago the shithole that chicago is but um i do i do enjoy a good fucking a good dinner party man and for me it's like yeah there's a football game on and i will watch the game and hopefully it's a good one um but yeah like when you get together with some fucking cool people and you got some food and, and drinks and and that that's my fucking jam right there football or no football but the, the football is just kind of the icing on the cake yeah, if it's a good game, cool. Like, 
you can get into the game. And if it's not, if it just sort of sucks, then at least you're hanging out with folks and, and eating and drinking and having fun. Like that's, that was always the, the more important part of, of the Super Bowl party was the, just being there, hanging out with everybody more so than the, the actual Super Bowl itself. And if you're lucky, it might even be a good game. Right. Right. And well, if you're lucky this year, there'll be enough uh, food to go around for everybody because of the, uh, the inflation cost of uh, everything related to the Super Bowl has been going through the roof, despite, you know, despite the, the inflation rate, CPI is coming down, economy's doing great. Uh, Jerome Powell's not worried about it. He's thinking, you know, maybe we'll start cutting rates again sometime, sometime this year. What's uh, Nikki's going to be 20 minutes from my house tomorrow. Yeah, so Corey's to in South Carolina, so she's getting ready for, uh, She's getting ready for the primary. I think that's coming up next week. So <laughs> how like getting ready to do like what? Like, what do you have to do to lose? <laughs> how much preparation do we need here? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Crash the event, Corey. That'd be fucking hilarious. Oh. Attending the Super Bowl in person has long been a lavish expense reserved for those willing to part with a significant sum for the ultimate fan experience. Uh, but when the Kansas City Chiefs meet the San Francisco 49ers in Las Vegas on Sunday, the uh, it will be the most expensive yet. StubHub is reporting tickets ranging from $5,300 to $107,000, with the average price around $9,500. That that to me is just fucking insane. Man, like, it's insane. You, I, I, I know. I, I'm pretty sure I showed you the pictures of like the the seats that we had at the at the uh, Michigan game that I went to this past year and the seats we had at the Mississippi state Georgia game last year. Like these are, we get to go see two number one teams uh, and be like, you know, almost on the field. And I think those tickets ran me a couple hundred bucks a piece. Like I, I can't imagine paying $5,300 for the fucking nosebleed. Like can't see anything. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think the most I ever remember paying for like a Bears game was like it was like, it was a playoff game, Packers, and I think I paid like four hundred bucks, and I was fucking livid afterwards. Like, uh, like Jay Cutler like pussed out at the half, like didn't play the second half. It was free. It was like you know fifteen degrees below zero. It was like ridiculously cold. It tailgated and. uh yeah, it was just like it was ridiculous, uh, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm never doing that again. I'm never paying." I don't think I don't even think I've bought. I mean, maybe I've uh, no, I don't think I've bought tickets to a sporting event like ever since then. I swore it off forever. I'll go like if somebody wants to invite me or like whatever. I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll go," but I don't think I've bought tickets to another thing after that. I was just like, I, I just don't get it. Especially football, it's so much better to watch at home on your couch. You got your own food there, like yeah. I went to I went to a Cubs game with uh, with Robbie the Fire like last year, I think, uh, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, Tom Woods hooked us up with some tickets, the great Tom Woods. But it was like even when you get hooked up with tickets, it still ends up being like a pretty expensive day. You know, you buy you buy four beers, you buy everybody around a round of beers, and that's like I don't know, one hundred and ten bucks or something. Now, the beers were like twenty something. We, uh, 
over this past year, Stephanie and I went to a Cardinals-Yankees game. We went to the uh, Colts-Titans game. And then me and my buddies that went to the the Georgia-Mississippi State game and then the, the Michigan-Purdue game. So I, I've been to a few sporting events over the past year. Um, I will say the – as far as going to a football game in person, like – the Colts game was cool. We had really good seats. Uh, her company provides the tickets, and you just pay like forty bucks or fifty bucks a ticket for whoever's like whoever you're going with. So you know it was definitely worth it. Um, but as far as like the the atmosphere and just the game itself, like college football is unparalleled. Like even if we didn't have spectacular seats, like walking through campus and being like in the town on game day, uh, it's it's an environment and a, an atmosphere and just an experience all its own. Like it, it's, um, it's something completely different. Like it, it's, yeah. it was so, yeah, I, I could understand like professional games. I would really rather watch those on TV. Yeah, but- I, my favorite part. Yeah. It was always like tailgating was so much more fun than the actual game. It'd be great if you could just go tailgate, you know, grill out, you party for a couple hours and you go home and watch the game. That would be the, the perfect way of doing it. <laughs> you, do like, those, yeah. you do see those people that have like big screen TVs set up and they have and they like set up chairs and stuff in the parking lot. And so they like tailgate and they just watch the game on TV in the in the parking lot. Like, hey, that, yeah, that seems I haven't been. Yeah, it's it's just been so long since I've done anything like that. Like, I don't even think I've been on a college campus since I was in college, which was like 20 years ago now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Pops Profita getting fucking old, man. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, football, like I remember like the one thing I did like about being at this, I mean, I, I would much rather go to a baseball game like that, like watching a baseball game at the stadium is exponentially better than watching it on TV. Uh, and there's a lot that you can see, especially when you like understand the game and stuff, you can see a lot more, a lot more movement and everything. Even like at a football game, like you get to see what the, you know, what the safeties are doing while the play is starting and not like when the camera just zooms in on them. So there, there's something to be said for that. But yeah, dude, it's just, especially in shithole Chicago, when it's below zero, it's just like, fuck. And the Bears just always disappoint. I, I don't know why I just haven't been betting against the Bears my entire fucking life. I'd be a billionaire. Let's <laughs> just be a fucking billionaire. Uh, I'll just never forget, like we were having, a, we're going to do, we should do a Friday night uh, happy hour tonight. I'll send out an email. Uh, after we wrap, if you can set that up, but because uh, we haven't done one, I don't think we've done one this year yet, or maybe we tried to do one, and then uh, I don't think anybody showed up. <laughs> yeah, and I'll I can I'll be uh, I'll be late, but I'll be on. All right. Um, yeah, I, I forgot to send out the reminder, and I don't think anybody n- even knew it was going on until it was too late. But uh, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the Bears betting against the Bears. Oh yeah, yeah, we were having a. We were talking about football like in one of the Friday night happy hours and uh, somebody was saying, oh, yeah, the Bears were looking good this year. And I was just I remember thinking I was like, no, they will be seven and nine. That's <laughs> like if you just bet on the Bears being seven and nine, you'll be like eight out of ten years. You'll be right. Somebody go look. Yeah, look up the Bears record the last fucking decade. How many seven and nines are there in there? Like, if you could go back and tell twenty year old you one thing, what would it be? And for for Johnny, it would be bet against the Bears for the rest bet of your life. Just every year, yeah. bet out, bet against them. 
Yeah, it's so much easier when you just uh, stop giving a fuck, you know, and it's just you get to watch them. It's like you almost enjoy them fucking just disappointing millions of Chicagoans every year. But anyway, these prices at the fucking Super Bowl, it's a 93. I think it's a 93 percent increase from the last year just for the tickets. Well, and then on top of that, you've got, you know, looking at Super Bowl snacks, uh, pizza, alcohol soft drinks uh chicken wings you know stuff like that like this is a pretty comprehensive list that goes through like all kinds of stuff and the the price increases over the last four years from from 2019 to 2023 yeah i guess he identified yeah he identified like the top three or like four or five things that people have at super bowl so it's like chicken guacamole uh, chips and, and dips and things like that. And then he just breaks down the prices and yeah, what some of them are like, everything's up, everything's up more than what the CPI would say for sure. Some of them are up like very substantially, but everything's like up at least like 3%, right? Yeah. And, and especially on the, like the stuff that's the, the popular big ticket type items for the super bowl that stuff's up anywhere from, i think the i think the one that has the uh that has gone up the least is uh like delivery pizza um that and that it's as it says in the article it tends to be more regional like on average delivery pizza is only up about three percent over the four-year stretch but everything else is anywhere from like 10 11 percent up to the 30 up to like 30 percent yeah those pizza like it must be like dirt cheap to order a fucking pizza in alabama or something because i can't remember the last time i got a pizza delivered like even when i was when i was living in chicago for like to my door for less than like 25 bucks and they were saying it was up from like 17 to 18 or something or 15 to 18 dollars or something like that i was like yeah there must be some some real uh some real redneck places that'll deliver a domino's pretty cheaply i i've got the domino's app because i can sit at work and just type it in and they'll they'll bring it right to the they'll bring it right to the office and like i can uh yeah i can order a large pizza and have it there in 20 minutes for like I can't remember what it was. It's like 15, 18 bucks, something like that. Not yeah. Bad. Yeah. But when I, yeah, when I would just order like, like a thin crust pizza, it was like, you know, it was 25 bucks, like before all the other shit. And I always had, <laughs> there's this one place. It's actually really good. So for those of you that are still stuck in the shithole, that is Chicago. If you want really good, like Chicago thin crust pizza, Pat's on Lincoln is like by far the best in my opinion. It's like the thinnest pizza I've ever seen. Uh, and it's, it's really good, but it was like, yeah, like a large, like sausage pizza. It was like started at 25 bucks and they would always have these $5 off coupons. So I just tell them, I was like, yeah, I got the $5 off coupons. So that would take it down to 20. And then you add in the, the delivery fee and the tip and like, you're, you're again, you're like back up to 28, 28 bucks for a fucking pizza delivered to your door. And that was years ago. It was like four years ago. <laughs> we're talking about now. I have no idea where it would be now. And it's just everything. These are these are not like, you know, we're not serving filet mignon at the fucking Super Bowl party. These should be cheap, like wings, chips, guacamole, 
Like the price of fucking avocados is just absolutely ridiculous. Potato chips are up 40% over the last four years. Yeah. Like at what point do you just start making your own potato chips? I think I did see somebody posted something on Twitter where it was like, um, he's making uh, like 15 bucks an hour or something. And a bag of, uh, a bag of potato chips costs like whatever. So he's basically making the, uh, two potatoes an hour was his wage when you factored it like when you you took how many potatoes it was in a bag of chips and he's like yep i made two potatoes today <laughs> it's like jesus christ dude at what point do you just start fucking just buy the potatoes get a mandolin slice them up and throw it in some oil it's not hard to make chips it's just yeah. that was, it's kind of messy and i guess the oil might be kind of expensive now i don't know what these and but, I guess all the oils are like toxic, apparently. <laughs> the but the, I mean the thing with the oil is you can drink you can like strain it and then reuse it. You you know especially yeah. if you're doing something like that, like just run it through a strainer. You can put it back in a bottle or whatever, and yeah. and then you can reuse it. You can keep making potato chips out with it for like for a long yeah. time. No, my my mom always saved like we had this huge fucking jug of oil <laughs> that yeah we would just she would use it over like you make French fries or something like that. And so it's much better to do it like at home, fresh. And uh, yeah, you got to it. I think a lot of that stuff's going to start coming back because you can't just start like throwing stuff out anymore. Well, you know, I mean, I mean like, with the price of everything, you can't just be like, ah, oh, yeah, like you'd have like all this food in your fridge. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to eat that. I'll just talk. Like it's kind of old. I'll talk. Like I don't think that's happening anymore. I don't think people are buying more than they need. I think they're buying exactly what they need if that. And they're consuming every fucking ounce of it. And like potatoes are one of those things. It's like easy to grow once you kind of once you kind of get it figured out. Like you can you can do that in an apartment. Like you just you just need like a minimal amount of light and a bucket that's big enough for, you know, something about the size of a baseball to grow in it. Like, you know, it, it's fairly easy to get potatoes growing. And then then you can just grow your own potatoes and like <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a one redneck journey too far for me but maybe someday <laughs> now, you don't want to start a, in your living room yeah <laughs> you don't want to start a, a home garden uh if, so i do yeah uh we we actually stephanie and i met uh joe jorgensen at the indiana lp state chair's birthday party uh in 2021 and we got to talking to her and her husband and stuff and and they live uh, uh i think i think they live in clemson or you know down there in south carolina and she was talking about like wanting to to do like some homesteading type stuff but like in their house like doing like uh, bucket gardens and stuff like in the limited amount of space they had and indoors and like we so we talked about a bunch of that kind of stuff it's really cool the, the stuff you can do with like buckets and and growing stuff like you can you can really grow a lot in a small amount of space you don't have to have you know three acres and a, a tiller and a tractor like you can you can do a lot it's it's pretty cool right on yeah i would love to one day have uh yeah have a garden maybe a couple fruit trees back there grow some i mean like herbs and shit and, and just yeah everything that you would like throw in a salad is i feel like it's pretty easy to grow 
in in a lot of climates and it's just like yeah it's it's nice to not have to buy like fucking tomatoes and cucumbers and and peppers and all this shit it's like yeah it's just there you just go out to the fucking garden clip some fucking basil oh yeah we don't we don't buy tomatoes peppers uh lettuce and we don't buy any of that stuff spinach none of that during the summer like stephanie all of the stuff that she could ever want for a salad or whatever like we just grow all of that stuff and yeah. So and, and you got chickens too, right? Remember, yeah. remember when the price of eggs, like what, what are eggs going for now? Oh. Did that ever come down? Or was uh, like my retirement plan <laughs> or like the memes where it was just like, I'm not going to tell anybody that I won the lottery, but there will be signs. And it's just somebody carting around like 50 things of eggs. <laughs> uh, let's see. Large grade A eggs, according to uh, this article that, that we had pulled up, large grade A eggs are going... On average, two fifty per dozen, which is a sixty-three percent increase from twenty nineteen. I, Jeez. I, I couldn't tell you. I haven't bought eggs, and and that's. I mean, that's just like the standard, like factory farm. Like if you want, if you want the good, like um, cage-free farm fresh. Yeah, all that stuff. I, I have, I do look at those just to kind of compare my prices whenever I sell our eggs and those are like five, $6 a dozen. Uh, I, it's a steal yeah, with me. I only charge $3 a dozen for those. So. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's just like, you, you just can't get out of a grocery store without spending like at least, you know, 60, 75 bucks. And you, you, you come out with like practically nothing carton of eggs, some milk or something like that, uh, you know, uh, a few things of fruit. And it's just like, holy shit, dude, where did this all go? I, I'm very fucking worried for for the American people over the next uh, year plus. Like, I don't I don't see how this is going to resolve itself without a massive like there just has to be a correcting mechanism. We've been living way too high on the fucking hog. You can't you just can't run a country like this. It's ridiculous. Well, like I know, I know I've talked about it some on my own show. Uh, like, I feel bad for people that are fully reliant on like Walmart and stuff like that for all groceries. Like, we have a little local grocery store, and they always have meat specials. They always have, you know, the the bakery has different specials that they run throughout the week. You, you know, like, there's all kinds of. Um, stuff that you can get for really cheap and for like for a lot better we'll go to walmart or sam's and like i'll look at the meat prices at walmart and sam's and i'm like wow oh my god like yeah i i can understand why people are going broke like our our little local grocery store has good prices on meat and 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 good like sales and stuff that they run every week i can get all of this stuff that, that I'm looking at at like Walmart or Sam's and like, I can get it at our local store for quite a bit cheaper. Like, yeah, I could understand if people, if people are like in, especially people in big cities and stuff where they don't have like locally sourced meat and, and stuff like we've got out in the country, like where you're reliant on these big box chain stores. Like, yeah, you're fucked. You, you, you're paying more. They, you know, always low prices or whatever their advertisements are, but they are not, they, they are, they are raping you to death. Yeah. It, and it's, it's interesting because it, it used to be very like that stuff was always like 
it seemed like it was a better price when you would go to those those big box stores. It's it's almost like the Airbnb thing, whereas like Airbnb used to be so much cheaper than than going to all these hotels. And so you just you get in the habit of booking Airbnbs and you just yeah, I'm just going to you're not even going to look at hotel prices because Airbnb was so much cheaper. And like you wouldn't even think about it. You just say, yeah, I'm going to fucking Walmart because that's where all the cheap stuff is. But yeah, like slowly, like their costs go up. The cost of shipping these goods goes way up. So like there, there's a lot more uh, costs built into getting stuff into those big box stores from the other side of the world or whatever. Then the locally sourced stuff now is is actually cheaper and it's probably better quality a lot of the time as well. And it's just like people just don't. Yeah, you get like you get in these habits of just doing the same thing over and over again. You don't even think to to look at alternatives, but like you said, in the, in the cities, a lot of these cities don't have viable alternatives for that either. You got to get out, away from the city, and maybe there's a, a big business opportunity there for some of the the smaller places. But it's uh, it's going to be some pretty tough sledding, and like we said, uh, we got the. Um, maybe that's a good way to transition into the uh, uh, the the delivery thing, the five dollar charge for delivery. Probably should have been back when we were talking about pizza. I got a little sidetracked there. But this is these are the, some of the things that are just adding to the costs of of delivering everything. And it's you know it's very simple, basic economics that a lot of people don't seem to understand. Yeah, this right here is um, talking about the price of stuff. Seattle introduced a mandatory $5 fee on delivery apps to cover their driver's living wage, and sales were almost cut in half. Now the drivers can't make rent. It's definitely backfiring. Seattle ordinance intended to help app delivery drivers is hurting them. And this is one of those things that we talked about when like California was trying to put all that stuff in place with the, the living wage stuff and requiring that these companies pay insurance and give them, uh, I don't know what it was, $15, $20 an hour minimum wage for their deliveries and stuff like that. And uh, the ride share programs and stuff like that. Like there is an unintended consequence of this that when you start putting all this shit in place then it's going to raise the prices on everything and the reason that people do this stuff the reason that people use these you know delivery apps and stuff like that is because it's cheap and it's quick and it's easy and as soon as you and as soon as you make it not be cheap then everybody's gonna stop right. doing it like yeah I'll, I'll just call it like call the restaurant and the restaurants would prefer it because these app, you know uh grubhub and all that shit they take a huge percentage of the sale so it's like a lot of these restaurants would prefer like the Domino's is like one of the few i think that somehow it got people like you to use their app their app instead of going through uh, one of the uh, third-party delivery services but yeah the restaurants are kind of losing their shirt on that and now you got to pay this extra fucking an extra five dollar fee like of course that's going to get tacked onto the cost of that, that you're paying as the customer, like the companies don't eat these costs. And yeah, you get the, the fight. I remember when it was the fight for a $10 minimum wage and then it was 15 and then it was 18 and now they want 20. Uh, minimum wage still hasn't really gone up much. I don't know if it, is it at eight seventy five now or something from like seven seventy five, whatever it is. But it's, it's hilarious that each year they have to jack up what they're, what they're asking for to be the livable wage. And it, 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 it's just like, take a step back and think about this. Like, why, why 
you know, 10 years ago, was it the fight for 15 and now it's the fight for 20? Like, shouldn't there be like, why does the cost of everything keep going up? That's not a natural uh, result of just the world, the economy, like, no, that there's something else at play here. Maybe go ahead and re read a book uh, on Austrian economics or something like that. And yeah, yeah, okay. Now it's you, what you go to fucking you go to Burger King or something. You take your family there, and it's like eighty eighty dollars to get a couple of fucking a couple of meals. You, your your wife or whatever, and you got two kids. Yeah, sixty seventy bucks at a fucking McDonald's. But they're you know the the worker the few workers that are actually there. Okay, yeah, they get they get eighteen bucks an hour. That's great. Um, half of them probably get fucking laid off and the other half will be replaced by automation. I mean, like that shit's coming and this is just going to, you know, speed up that transition. Cause I mean, the, the advantages of having a fucking robot over a human being are just, they're astronomical. Like for one thing, you don't have to, uh, there's no taxes, right? Like they don't have to pay any fucking taxes. They know robots don't get sick or anything like that. They don't give you a fucking lip. They don't miss shifts. They don't fucking sue you for, uh, you know, I don't know, some woke shit, you know, um, and they're more right. efficient. And when, and when a robot becomes unproductive, you just roll it out to the scrap heap and put another one in. You don't have to deal with a union fighting to keep a unproductive worker yeah, on well, being paid. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> So no, they're yeah, not they're, unionizing so far. So far, Skynet hasn't figured out. Uh, man, maybe that's maybe that's the part of Terminator that we didn't see was when the when the robots figured out that they could unionize. That's when they decided it was time to kill all humans. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, if they, I mean, if they watch or pay attention to any politics, it's it wouldn't surprise me if that was their conclusion that we should just kill all these fucking people. <laughs> they are the goddamn worst. Um, I we like we were talking about before the show. We didn't we haven't had time to to watch the um, the Tucker Carlson Vladimir Putin interview yet. Have you been following any of the coverage from the corporate press? I, I know all of the the usual leftists on like Twitter and stuff just were losing their minds. Like this is the worst thing ever. It's all propaganda. It's all this. It's all that. It's like, yeah, I mean, I, the, what, what I did see and kind of the um, reading about it and what I heard from it, like, it sounds like, um, it sounds like Putin was very well thought out, well put together. He, he made, he made very clear and coherent cases for stuff and talked about stuff very uh, intelligently, unlike our own president. Right. It's an it's an amazing juxtaposition. And I, I don't know if it was an accident that Joe Biden took like his first real press conference almost ever since he became president, like right after this interview took place. But to see that, like we've got Joe Biden they've got Vladimir Putin and you're just like, holy shit, dude, the right. different, the, the Putin. gap between those two is fucking crazy. <laughs> it's like the Mississippi river. It's like a fucking huge, huge difference. Like one of these guys is yes. Uh, calculated knows history. 
apparently he he went into like a 30 minute fucking history all the way back to like the middle ages of fucking of the region and so you get you get putin with an off the cuff 30 minute recounting of all of russian history and then on the other hand we've got biden with this as you know initially the president of mexico cc did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. I... <laughs> yeah. So Joe Biden, uh, in the, the Zero Hedge article, has the full um, has the full interview if you want to pull that up. But he's, he's basically, he's giving a statement. Um, part of it had to do, I guess, with the charges that, um, or am I thinking of two different things? Uh, he's, um, that was, I think, I think it was all part of the same thing. It was all part of the same one. Yeah. Cause I guess that shocker, they're not going to fucking bring any charges against him for illegally housing classified documents. But there was like a really interesting statement from, uh, that came out of the investigation as to like, one of the reasons why they weren't bringing charges was because basically Joe Biden's a fucking like a stupid old man that's losing his mind. <laughs> it's not a verbatim quote, but it was like, he's a, you know, he's an honest old guy. It's like having trouble, like his memories leaving him kind of thing. And so he has to come out and address this. Do you have the other, I think I sent you, I sent you an article. I don't think it was this one. Was it? Uh, yeah, this is the one from zero hedge. Uh, it's got the, it's got like a transcript of his uh, of his back and forth with Peter Ducey. Uh, Peter Ducey is 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 excellent. He uh, but he asked Biden. He said, "How bad is your memory?" And Biden said, "My memory's so bad, I let you speak." Oh yeah, oh yeah, right. So that if you scroll scroll all the way to the bottom, I think they have the full um, the full thing. Yeah, you gotta go. Yeah, that one right there. Oh, that's the whole, that's the whole. Yeah, you can skip the first, like, uh, couple of minutes. He's just talking about the classified documents. Yeah, try, yeah, put it right there. Let's see what that. I take responsibility for not having seen. Okay, go a little farther. My staff was doing. They're still talking about the classified document shit. They say that you are too old. Mr. President, in December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. So why does it have to be you now? What is your answer to that question? I'm the most qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started. Do you I did not share classified information. I did not share with, your with my ghostwriter. I did not guarantee you did not. What the well, no, he did not say that. He did not say that. He spends so much time getting so angry. Yeah, where's the deucey part? It might be like a, maybe thirty seconds later. Yeah, like around there. Because it's great. Like you, you just don't hear him. Like he never takes questions. First of all, and the press is actually going after him. Done is overseeing the transfer of the material that was in my office, in my offices. I should have done that. If I go back, I did. I had 
paid more attention to how the documents were being moved law, period. Thank you all very, very much. He walks away and then he comes back. <laughs> really hard to get humanitarian assistance into Gaza. God, he's so boring, man. Starving. I actually did. I like dozed off while this was playing. I should have had the um. To lead to a sustained pause in. No, you, right you went past it. It was like right after he gets attack, back to the podium, I think. I was in contact with the Saudis and others to work out a deal. Yeah. I'm of the view, as you know, that the conduct of the response in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip has been um, God. over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, Jesus, initially, dude. the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. I've been pushing really hard, really hard, to get humanitarian assistance into Gaza. There are a lot of innocent people who are starving, a lot of innocent people who are in trouble and dying, and it's got to stop, number one. Number two, I was also in a position, made the case, that we have to do much more to increase the amount of Dude, material going in. He just puts you to fucking sleep. Fuel, I apologize to the, the listeners who can't I've see the video, at least. Like, he's the most bored. Like, he's so fucking phone. slow. He Sorry, can't get a thought out. Get as much aid as we possibly can into Gaza. There are innocent people and innocent women. And the hell is he even talking about? Bad, badly in need of help. And so that's what we're pushing. And I'm pushing very hard now. Hang on. I've got it. I've got the Ducey clip. All right. God damn, Biden. Fucking bore me to death. I literally, I'm not joking. Like I was, I was like laying on the couch watching that uh, this, this morning and I dozed off. I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bad. I mean, between that and what was the, the other one where he was talking about um, meeting with a dead. So it, the name that he he said he met with the French president, but the name he said was not the French president. It was like an Italian president or something who's been dead since the 80s. Like it was fucking nuts. Like, yeah, he, there's that. He was talking about how you got Mexico to open up the border for Gaza. Yeah, that's, like, that's, the, yeah. what the fuck, dude? He's so out of it. And then, so now he's, yeah, in this next clip, hopefully we've got it now, where the press is like, dude, they, they even the fucking special uh, counsel investigator or whatever said, like, you're, you're losing your mind and you can't get your fucking facts straight, which is like one of the reasons why they're not going to bring charges because they just feel bad for you. You're a sad fucking senile old man. What do you have to say about that? And you can see now why he doesn't do press conferences ever. Like they would say that he's having a press conference, but he would just read a statement and then he'd just walk away really slowly. He would never take questions like this. Well, and like every time, every time he gets asked a question, even if it's somebody that's like a friend, like a friendly reporter from like MSNBC or CNN or something like any time he gets asked a question, his demeanor, his tone, 
everything changes and he gets real defensive. He gets real like aggressive. Uh, like his, it's, it's really, it's really kind of creepy the way he like almost flips the switch and goes from being this like docile old man to now he's like mad and he's like, yeah, he's like, how dare wait, you're asking me questions. Yeah. I have to ask, I have to answer a real question. How dare you? And that is a thing with dementia. Like you just have these like fucking outbursts. Well, I was going to say it, 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 it's one of those things that you see in old people who are starting to become senile is they get really angry. Anytime you ask some questions or stuff, like if, if you let yeah. them just sit and talk and, and do whatever they want to do, they're fine. But as soon as you start like pressing them a little bit or asking them questions, they start getting really, really angry and aggressive. Like it's, I, it's yeah, I mean, it's got to be frustrating when, you, when you're when you losing your mind. Like, you have enough faculties to kind of realize that you don't have it all together and it's getting worse and worse and people are calling you out. Yeah, that would be – I understand why they, like, flip out because it's got to be really frustrating. But anyway, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, play this exchange. Something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning – elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out. is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. That's, uh, that's, that's what your memory has gotten worse, Mr. No, president? My memory is not good. My memory is fine. My memory, take a look at what I've done since I've become president. None of you thought I could pass any of the things I got passed. How'd that happen? You know, I guess I just forgot what was going on. In in his defense, he didn't know what was going on to begin with. He did he I don't right, think he has a bad <laughs> He doesn't have a bad memory. He didn't forget what was going on. He never knew to begin with. And then, yeah, that was and then from there they press him more. It goes on for like a couple more minutes where they're just like shouting quiet, like how bad is your memory? And how are you forgetting this? And what are you doing mixing up names? And how many dead people have you seen recently? And it's just, man, you again, we have the we have this clear juxtaposition of Vladimir Putin versus him. And it's just it's wild. And you have to you have to ask you, like, was this just like a is this a this has to be intentional? Like they've been protecting him up to this point, up until right before the election, they were protecting him like like nobody. He was never allowed to take questions off the cuff like this. He would have like a fucking remember you'd see the pictures like he'd have a like a pamphlet with like a picture of the reporter, their name, their question, all that stuff. It was very controlled. And now they're just like, here, go talk to the press for a little bit about how fucking how bad your memory is well and like he says, you know he says um he couldn't have gotten all this stuff passed if he had didn't have or if he had such a bad memory like dude we all saw it right after you got inaugurated you sat down and they just started sticking shit in front of you for you to sign like you didn't have anything to do with any of it they, yeah he's just like looking around there's like a great yeah there's a great yeah, he's, like, so confused. he's just like sign this and then he's like <laughs> Huh? Yeah, it's literally like it's, you know, that old like the thing where you're just like you're taking advantage of your senile grandpa. You're getting him to like sign away all his fucking prized possessions. You're just like, yep, yeah, sign this, sign this. 
it was actually that did fucking happen to me. Like, uh, my parents had bought, uh, my grandma, a car, like an old Buick or whatever. And they were gonna, they were gonna trade it. And after she, you know, once she like went full blown demand, like she wasn't driving anymore. So they were gonna, they were gonna trade the car in and, and buy something else. And in order to trade it in, like she had to sign something. I forget what exactly what it was, but I basically like I had to like go there. I had to go to like her fucking sister. She was living with her sister at the time. She has no idea what's going on. And I had to go there like with the fucking salesman from the car dealership. I made him. I was like, dude, you got to drive me over there because I'm not making another fucking trip. It was like a really long drive. He's like, yeah, you weren't kidding. But anyway, like I, I show up at her fucking doorstep with some dude and some papers. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, Grandma, you got to sign this and sign this. And like she had no idea what was going on. I wasn't like pulling, I wasn't like scamming her, but I could have been like, you could have just gotten her to sign anything. And that's essentially what Joe Biden is doing. If they had asked one follow-up question, well, what did you pass? What did you accomplish here? He might be able to get that right just because the one thing he's memorized is just like bullshit pieces of legislation. Like he can kind of fire that off at will. But I bet you he would throw something in there from, you know, from 1983 or something that he passed. <laughs> right. He would probably go in, at, into great lengths about the 94 crime bill. If we're right. asking what he got passed. And you, it just it makes you wonder, like, is this is this the beginning of them trying to get him out of the way? Man, like we've been saying it for a while and I, I can't believe that. I can't believe that he and Kamala Harris are still in office period. I, I really, I really sincerely thought that at some point in 2022, 2023, they would do something to get Kamala Harris out and put whoever the next person was going to be in, in the vice president spot so that they could then use something to get, to get Joe Biden out. I, I, I can't believe that they, especially especially when there were so many articles and stuff that were actually getting run at one point about how low Joe Biden's approval ratings were and stuff. And, and at that exact same time, Kamala Harris's approval ratings were half of that. Like, right. or she, her, she churned, she churned through her staff four times over a month and a half, two month period. Like you would think, like I, I thought for sure they were going to do something, but here we are. And, and like, it, it seems pretty clear that, Kamala Harris is not the next thing for the Democrats. Like she, she has all, but I mean, vice president is usually a spot that doesn't get a whole lot of recognition anyway, but she is all, but completely disappeared. Like she's gone. So. Yeah. Well, and she was never like, she was just terrible at everything. She can't even give like a speech to fucking kids. <laughs> like she's just, she's speaking like below a fifth grade level. Right. Ukraine is a country. Yes. Next to it Russia. It starts with an S. <laughs> I don't know if you could spell the rest of it. And and yeah, it's just like, but why? Like at this point, they've been protecting this guy for fucking almost four years now. And then they just let him, they just throw him to the, like they let him do this and do seize the fucking question. It seems like a fucking setup, but why they waited this long, I don't know. It, it has surprised me as well. I, but here we are, you know, we're a, what, a year out from this thing. Like it's, it's starting to ramp up now. The election season is starting to ramp up and this guy can't campaign. 
Like that was the best. Like that was him. Like probably hopped up on a lot of fucking drugs too to get through. You know, he made like a two minute statement. It took him five minutes to do it because he takes these long fucking pregnant pauses, and he's got to get his thoughts together um, as much as he can. And it's just like, wow, dude, how is this guy going to do anything that resembles uh, historically a typical campaign? He can't really give a speech like he he can't even read the fucking problem. You know, his whole time he's like squinting because he can't really see. Like, why doesn't he have glasses on or something? Like, you're fucking 80 years old. Like, put some glasses on, dude. We know you can't fucking see. And it just, it always looks like he's, like, staring into the sun. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing here? How are you going to do, like, how are you going to, you can't have a debate, obviously. I don't know how he got through those, the, the last round of debates with Trump or which, vert, which, you know, double that was. See, that, that was Trump's fault more than, that was, that was Trump performing poorly more than it was biden performing well that it was because because what made trump so good in the 2016 election was he let hillary talk and then he counterpunched he let her say dumb shit and then he just dropped one-liners and and hit back he when in 2020 through those debates and stuff trump was trying to talk too much and like and that that was that was a huge whiff, like because obviously Biden has not done any campaigning. The few times that he has been on a stage, he's been completely abysmal. Like the dude can't formulate sentences. This is four years ago. He couldn't form full sentences. Like all Trump had to do was let Biden talk and then just absolutely right. roast him on how bad he is at it. But instead Trump tried to make it the Trump circus and, and he tried to prop himself up and talk and, and do all this. Yeah, It was a, it was a, a slightly trip. different dynamic because in 2020 he had a record to defend. So I think he felt pressure to, like you said, like he's got to pump it up. He's got to say all these great things. And then that just gives by like the debate format is kind of nice for Biden because he gets to sit there for like a couple minutes and get a thought together. You know, like, and you, you only have to talk for like a minute, right? So then he can, he can say something for a minute and then Donald Trump would talk and he gets another couple of minutes to get another point out. And then he can spit that out. And it's like, yeah, dude, no, you just let him fucking, let him ramble. Let well, him and like go. The way, and like the way they do those debates, you're not actually, you like for Biden, it, it works out perfectly in his favor because he doesn't actually have to address Trump or anything Trump says. He doesn't have to listen to him. Because they ask a question and they want you to tell what your what your point of view or what your approach would be or whatever to the question so that the voters can hear what you know what your policy is gonna be. Biden doesn't have to address a single word that comes out of Trump's mouth if he doesn't want to. Like it's the entire thing is built to like let him stand there and be completely yeah. incoherent. You can just give out like yeah, political platitudes yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, it's it's all so fucking stupid. <laughs> like at least he's gonna have to be. Yeah, but like he's gonna have to be on like TV, you know. And you're just gonna get to see this like slow moving, sad, sleepy Joe Biden. Like Sleepy Joe is a great fucking nickname for him. He's he will put you to fucking. He put me to sleep earlier today. I'm not making that up. <laughs> 
and, and he did it in a couple of minutes. He almost, he probably put half of our fucking listeners to sleep when we were trying to play that press conference. Cause he's just my thoughts on Gaza. Like what? And he's just like fumbling through this fucking book. It's like, Jesus Christ, dude, get him out of there. Just do it already. What are we waiting for? Everybody know, like, and they, they had the, um, project Veritas thing where they admitted to it. He admitted that they, yeah, they want to get him out of there. They just can't for some reason. I don't understand why Joe Biden has so much protection. Like who the fuck is protecting this guy, this old guy. What else? You want to want to wind down on uh, something a little more funny and light? Yeah. Wrap up with uh, the, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle? Is, yeah. yeah, Dave Chappelle, as always. Uh, yeah, the it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a Dave Chappelle special, and it wouldn't be an episode of peddling fiction if we didn't make fun of some trannies. Trans crowd angry at Chappelle winning yet another Grammy. Now, how did Dave Chappelle win a Grammy when I have it on good authority that black people don't win any Grammys and it's a completely racist and well, like black, black people shouldn't even be participating in the Grammys at all anymore. Like the only other black person that won a Grammy was killer Mike and they arrested him as soon as the thing was over. So like what's going on here? Like, yeah. Hashtag Grammys so white or whatever. Was yeah. That was the thing? yeah. <laughs> but so I think you mentioned his, his most recent special on one of the episodes, I think, I hadn't seen it. I did put it on uh, like a week or two ago. I had it on. Um, you know, his comedy doesn't like crack me up a lot, but I do enjoy watching it. I'm not like dying of laughter. It, it is pretty fucking hilarious, though, that he's just like that. And the, the trans community like completely walked into this. This is a lesson that like I learned the heart. Like when something bothers you, you shouldn't allow you shouldn't let other people know that they we've developed this bad habit in in the US and the West in general where it's like you just fucking puss out when someone says that they're offended it's like oh no I'm, I'm sorry I didn't mean to offend you like microaggressions and you just start apologizing profusely and they're expecting that now from everybody Dave Chappelle is not going to do that and if you if something historically if something you know before we just became a bunch of colossal pussies if something bothered you you did not let you did not want to let on that that hurt your feelings or whatever because especially with like my idiot friend like they will just keep doing that to you whatever it is like they they found the button all right they're gonna fucking push it over and over and over again and the trans community fucking flipped out when he had that fucking joke about a bunch like a, a what was it like a gay a lesbian a tranny or something in a car i forget exactly how it went but it was like a pretty funny bit they flipped out about that and he keeps releasing these specials they keep trying to cancel him and he's just like yep nope i'm going right after the fucking trannies in this one too i'm gonna well, keep doing he, it because it's funny says. to me now he says the more you say i can't say something the more urgent it is for me to say it Right. It's great. It, I love him for that. And it makes it fucking hilarious. Like, even if the joke isn't that funny, the fact that he's just going to keep doing it, it's great. It's absolutely great. And it's it's a perfect example of how you should be treating 
people that try to cancel you because you had a, a, a joke that they didn't like or you hurt their feelings or something. They write you a letter. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fucking letter writers. Here you go. Do, yeah, do we have some are there some quotes from the the special in here? Uh, there's there's every like all of the reaction. Dave Chappelle winning winning a Grammy for his comedy album is further evidence Hollywood doesn't care about transphobia. Uh, it's fucking unreal to me that transphobic dinosaur Dave Chappelle continues to win Grammys for his unfunny flop specials. When they gave Dave Chappelle his fourth or maybe third Grammy for his transphobic special, it's like why is anyone watching these things? They're literally trolling. I hope Dave Chappelle can take his Grammy win and find peace with himself and whichever trans woman broke his heart so many years ago. <laughs> uh, Dave Chappelle is deeply transphobic and continues to receive the platform to do so. Uh, it's just on and on and on. Like they are. <laughs> Ricky, Ger Ricky Gervais won a globe Golden Globe. Chappelle wins a Grammy. Anti-trans humor is riding a wave this year. <laughs> I mean, you would think if you're a fucking tranny, you'd at least have a sense of humor about things, but they're just so angry and they hate themselves that like clearly because they're trying to change everything. But, um, well, was that a clip from the special? If you go up a little bit, uh, I think that was his, his acceptance speech right there. Oh, okay. And then that's from the special. God Play forbid that. I ever go to jail, but if I do, I hope. Oh, what the hell? Cause as soon as the judge. God forbid I ever go to jail. But if I do, I hope it's in California. Because as soon as the judge sends me, I'll be like, Your Honor, before you sentence me, I just want the court to know. I identify as a woman. <laughs> Send me to woman's jail. <laughs> and as soon as I get in there, you know what I'm going to be doing. Give me a fruit cocktail, bitch, before I knock your motherfucking teeth out. <laughs> I'm a girl just like you, bitch. Come over here and suck this girl dick I got. Don't make me explain myself. I'm a girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just great. It's great that he does. He keeps winning these awards, and they keep flipping out. It, it it's just so delicious. Each special, he, yeah, his flop specials. Isn't he making like twenty million a special or something like that? It's a crazy amount of money. And and they do super well. Like Netflix wouldn't keep Netflix cancels very popular shows for no fucking reason. If if these weren't doing well, they wouldn't keep paying him to do them. Like, yeah, yeah, and it just it's really got to stick in their craw. Do trans have craws? I, I don't know what you would call it exactly. Crawl is probably the best word for it, honestly. They got some sort of a gash. That's for sure. <laughs> and like, what's really crazy about it is more often than not, the jokes are not like super anti-trans. Like the ones that he does very deliberately like that are, they are trolling comedy. Like that's, that's the whole point is to get them pissed off. The, yeah. the rest of the special is... Like him, what what makes his specials really good is he's such a good storyteller. And then he weaves the jokes into the stories that because he, he's just talking about real life. Like the one that got everybody so pissed off from a, a year or two ago that was so anti-trans. Like that was a really kind of touching story about him like 
at first having sort of a confrontational relationship with this trans person and then it becoming a friendship and taking the person on tour with him and do and like teaching them how to how to be a better comedian and becoming like actually becoming friends with them. And then they end up killing themselves. And like, it was really touching, but the only thing that anybody talked about was how it was anti-trans because he made jokes. Like they were jokes that were between the two of them that they had. Like it, like it was, it's so weird how retardedly angry they get over stuff. That's not even like, not even offensive. Like, yes, he did that joke about going to jail as a direct barb to them because he knew it would piss them off. Like, if you are that easily trolled, you like, right. It's just like, you got to be able to laugh at yourself, first of all. And it just, I think it just goes to show you that there is something much deeper going on here with the trans community. Like the reason there are trans, there's something emotionally wrong with them. It has not like, chopping off your dick or your tits or something is not going to fix the emotional problem. And it's why they can't laugh at themselves. Like it's just fucking funny, dude. When you see a man, like clearly a man walk, like dressed as a woman walking around pretending to be a woman that in and of itself is a joke. It should be hilarious. You should. And if you want to do that, you should be able to fucking take a joke. You should be able to laugh at you. It's like, yeah, it's a little ridiculous that I have a beard. And uh, and a pair of tits, <laughs> like, and a dingo. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, it takes all kinds. That's what I always say. <laughs> Speaking of happy hour, uh, whenever folks do show up, also has all kinds, and they're usually highly entertaining. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun to to get one going because I don't think we've actually had a successful one this year. So it's been it's been way too long. I was sick uh, the last uh, week or so, and. Um, then we had the holidays and everything. We took a, a little bit of a break. So it'll be good to see everybody. We'll do that at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'll send yeah, Magoo, out the- I see you over there in the Rumble chat. Now you know, 7.30. There you go. Yeah, Magoo shows up at like 10.45. I'm not. I'm trying to take it easy tonight. I got to I gotta throttle back a little bit. I'm, I, uh, I've been going pretty hard, and I'm still trying to get over this little uh, – chest cold or whatever i got i got the long covid (laughs) so i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna be on until two in the morning tonight fucking slamming tequila with you guys so don't show up on like two hours late show up on time have some fucking respect for my time because uh actually the thing i think what happened on the last one was like i we were both just kind of we just left it open but if there's no activity it just like shuts down after like 45 minutes and people, you know, a lot of people want to show up late. I get it. You know, it's like you show up fashionably late to the party. But um, yeah, well, like, I, had just- it, I had it open at work, but I was at work and and I would get notifications that people had joined. And so I'd but I was at work, so I was busy. So then I'd go back and I'd like check. I'd pull it back up to see who joined and see if they were still there. And then they wouldn't be there anymore. It's like, well, OK, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, it shut down on mine because it was like, yep, you were inactive for too long, so we're closing it. And I was like, well, all right. I guess that's it then. Show up on time, fuckers. Yeah. (laughs) It'll be fun, I promise. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, this weekend, I think it's just uh, Super Bowl stuff for for most people. So, uh, yeah, get together. Try to – I guess everybody has to bring – Everybody has to bring like their own chick. Everybody's got to bring like five chicken wings to the party so that you can, you can weather some of the cost or something. 
And uh, yep, enjoy that. Have uh, have some good fun this weekend. For those of you that aren't going to make it to the happy hour, we will be back on Tuesday with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you know what to do. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.